0: Hello, I'm Ken Canera, and this is Beyond Consulting, the only podcast focused on your career, health, and wealth after consulting. This week, we welcome Dr. Erica Steed to the studio. Erica is a former consultant and now the chief operating officer of Mount Sinai Hospital. Erica, thanks so much, and welcome to the show.
1: It is an honor and pleasure to be here.
0: Thanks, Erica. Maybe we could just start like we do with most guests and would love to hear your story about how you started your career and then kind of what led you to where you are now.
1: Perfect. Perfect. Well, the interesting path that I actually took, I'm actually a nurse by training. So interesting factoid is every woman in my family is a nurse. Wow. So I couldn't avoid the profession. So essentially I I ran along with it. But I knew early on through the gates that I wanted to do something different with nursing as a profession. So just to give you a historical backdrop, nursing goes back in my family, multiple generations, stemming from my great, great, great grandmother, who was a self-taught, self-trained clinical nurse midwife from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and that planted a seed in my family that grows and grew rather quickly. And obviously, I swallowed the pill on really embracing patient-centered care and wanting to really make a difference in people's lives i really married that with another long family tradition of business background and entrepreneurs so i actually come from a long family line of entrepreneurs as well and consider myself a strong combination of both where certainly have the blend of healthcare expertise but i also have that entrepreneurial spirit where i like to be a change disruptor and innovator and trailblazer to really create and shape the next best practices for the future in the industry. So I came out fresh out the gates in a nursing capacity, but fortunately for me, I was at the right place at the right time. And just by the nature of being familiar with computers, I shifted into the informatics technology field early into my onboarding as a nurse, just because I was more familiar with that technique. And my career really blew up from there, I would say. So through the lens of clinical informatics background, I really learned change management, learned how to lead strategy, really learned how to be innovative and quick on my toes rather quickly. And that opened the door for me to become a consultant because I had the mixture of various backgrounds, had the subject matter expertise as a clinician, but also had these business skills that afforded well in the big four consulting industry
0: well thanks for that background and for those of our listeners that don't know if you've ever seen erica's name she has more letters after her last name than i think anybody else has on this show so we've got an ed.d an mba rn css mbb F-A-C-H-E and I-A-S-S-C. For us lay people, what do those different things mean? I know MBA and RN, but what about the others?
1: So you want me to translate the alphabet?
0: (laughs) Yeah, translate the alphabet.
1: Okay. So obviously I'm a registered nurse and I have my master's in business administration with the emphasis on organizational development and leadership. And then I went on above and beyond just my business preparation and my nursing preparation because I was so challenged with understanding how organizations transform and cultivate to a high level of performance. So I chose to get my doctorate in leadership. So that is the EDD background. But throughout my journey, as I progressed up through the rank and file, I built up a skill set in continuous improvement and transformation and strategy. So, with that being said, I have a master black belt in Lean Six Sigma which positions me at the highest level of training for really leading up strategic transformational change using that skill set as a background. And then the IASSC means I'm internationally certified as a trainer in Lean Six Sigma. So not only do I lead up using the technique and that skill set and those competencies, which truly has been the basis of my consulting background, by the way, I have the skill set that has afforded me an ability to train on those concepts and bring up the next generation of consultants, leaders, and practitioners in that particular space.
0: Excellent. And now you're the chief operating officer at Mount Sinai Hospital. Tell us a little bit about what that role means and tell us also curious to hear more about Mount Sinai just in general.
1: Sure, sure. Just to clarify, I actually serve in a dual capacity for Sinai Chicago Health System in Chicago. So we're a small but mighty health system really focused on the underserved, more marginalized community. So 1.5 million patients are in our surrounding community footprint. And in this dual capacity, I serve as both the system chief operating officer for all four of our hospitals, as well as our clinics and our entire physician ambulatory enterprise. But I'm also the president of our flagship campus, which is 103 years old this calendar year. So Sinai, Chicago has a very rich history, again, of serving the underserved communities for well over 100 years. We have a passion and an emphasis for many things. One is driving health equity at its best, revitalizing the community with the communities. We are very much known for rolling up our sleeves, hitting the pavement, getting heavily into the trenches on what can we do to reinvest back into our community and build our community up so we can be strong for another 100 plus years. And another area of focus that Sinai is really concentrated on is eradicating healthcare disparities. So we are very much aware, and the COVID pandemic has unfortunately shed a light on the level of inequities that have shown up and just the differences in where your zip code is in terms of the quality of care that you receive and have access to. So Sinai Chicago is all about rewriting that narrative and making a way for keeping our community well outside of the hospital and vibrant at large in the neighborhoods that we ultimately serve.
0: That's great. And when you say keeping the community well outside of the hospital, what kind of things does that entail?
1: So we are extremely innovative in the way in which we're we're trying to rewrite the storyline. So we are focused on more value-based population health initiatives where we have a community health worker program that goes into our patients' homes and really focuses on those various social determinants of health that actually impacts our patients' livelihood. So we can focus on disease management and compliance with their medication regimen. We can focus on wellness and prevention in terms of really seeking out your primary care provider and actually addressing the various chronic needs that our patients have, ultimately preventing the need to actually go to the emergency department to use as that primary care provider. So those are just some of the techniques that we are employing. Some other techniques that we're employing in terms of keeping our patients well and out of the hospital, we're really focusing on breaking away barriers and obstacles to accessing care. So one particular program and initiative that we recently launched is a program where we're offering free transportation to our community at large. So we're going directly into your homes, offering that VIP white glove service door-to-door program where we're trying to tap you before problems get out of hand where you can better manage those particular conditions. And by doing so, we're addressing this as a one-stop-shop type of experience for our end user.
0: You mentioned a couple titles in terms of kind of like your responsibilities, your chief operating officer, but also the president of one particular location that has been around for, I think, 133 years, Was what you said?
1: 103 years.
0: 103. I guess, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about kind of like what those responsibilities entail? Sure,
1: sure. So I wear multiple hats, <laughs> just in case you can't tell by the... hairstyle, but in essence, my role encompasses multiple levers that I'm actually leading for the organization. One is I'm responsible for the performance, the clinical performance, the operational performance, the financial performance, the growth performance of all of our four hospitals and 15 plus clinics that we actually have in the community. So with that being said, I'm responsible for being the chief architect as well as the chief quarterback of our transformation journey. And what that transformation journey really entails is I'm really leading the financial viability and performance of our entire system. So I'm trying to, uh, no margin, no mission. So we can't continue to provide the great work that we're providing in the community at large without the financial bandwidth to be able to provide that level of service and that level of care. So with that being said i'm ensuring that the organization operates to the height of our potential from an efficiency standpoint from an effectiveness standpoint in order to achieve that high level of financial performance so with that being said i'm using every single skill set that i've built up being a consultant so i'm actually a consultant in my own right in this particular role i'm also leading up our quality and safety initiatives throughout the system so A lot of that entails efforts that are driven towards achieving health equity and eradicating those health care disparities. So how do I lift up the health delivery outcomes? So the outcomes in our zip codes match those that are a few miles beyond us in the Gold Coast. So how do we match that and really level out those outcomes? I lead up strategy and growth for our system. So I'm the one who's brokering various deals, various partnerships with surrounding partners whether those are physician-based organizations, whether that is primary care providers, whether it is federally qualified healthcare organizations, other surrounding academic and community hospitals as well as community-based organizations to how do we augment, how do we accelerate the services that we're providing, so we're delivering a great end product to our community at large. So I'm juggling all of those balls simultaneously in the dual capacity that I'm leading.
0: Just a few things. It sounds like. Where do you find all the time to? <laughs> where do you find any free time then?
1: Honestly, it is a juggle, but I believe I'm prioritizing in the right areas. So obviously, certain aspects of my role takes more precedence than others. And quite honestly, I've built up and surrounded myself with such a tremendous high-quality team of professionals, a high-quality team of clinicians, a high-quality team of caregivers and frontline employees where it makes my job easier. So the passion that I have for this work, the passion I have for revitalizing the community and making the community stronger, that gives me the energy to go the extra mile and invest more hours in my day to really make that happen. And we truly are seeing the fruits of the labor. So in the time frame that I've been in my role, so I've been at Sinai Chicago for three and a half years. We've had been extremely successful in leading a $75 million financial turnaround of Sinai Chicago. And that's been groundbreaking in our history. So in the 103 years that we've been on board, we've been able to reinvest back in our organization through the great work that we're doing. So I would just attribute a collective strength that gives me the time in the day.
0: I can hear the conviction in your voice, and clearly this is something that's very mission-driven work. What has kind of, I guess, led you to the career that you're in now? I mean, beyond just like obviously, you know, the steps that went into getting there, I guess, what has kind of attracted you to this sort of work?
1: Honestly, as I've evaluated it, I can be anywhere in the country, but not everywhere in the country does the type of work that we do where everything, 150% of what we do is truly about the community. And I was born on the west side of Chicago. I was raised on the south side of Chicago. So this truly is my home. So I feel like I'm in my home, I'm giving back to my community at large. And that's what inspires me to get up every day and do this work is I feel like it's not really a job. It's really a calling, it's a passion. It's something that I was meant to do. And I think that that makes the job easier. And that makes the challenges that are always before you when you do this type of mission driven work, it makes it easier and makes it easier to sleep at night, knowing that you are truly lifting up an entire community.
0: Thanks for sharing that. What are some of those challenges?
1: So I think that one of the areas that we're always challenged with is being the largest private safety net in Chicago and where we depend 90 percent on government resources to thrive and survive, there's always a daily financial challenge that we have to really tap dance through. So every day is a hurdle. So it's a repeat of the record every day where I'm coming in to face the challenge of how do we become a financially viable, financially secure organization and continue to deliver on our mission. So I go back to that statement, which is very bold, but extremely relevant. No margin, no mission. That is my number one job is how do I keep that alive? Where I'm certainly passionate about the work that we're doing in the community, but I have to figure out a way to make that happen every single day. That's just one of the key challenges that I would say we're faced with. As a nation right now, I think that in the healthcare industry, we are being plagued with the most significant workforce shortage that I've actually ever seen in the history of my career. So I've never seen this level of deficit of vital resources that we need to... Across all levels? Across all levels, but I would say mainly at the nursing level. Okay. We're actually experiencing a significant nursing shortage. And with that being said, it's really forcing us to really reinvent the wheel and recreate the possibilities in terms of what care delivery algorithms and models do we need to employ to kind of keep things balanced. So we have to rethink that. So we can't be the hamster on the wheel just trying the same thing over and over and over again and getting that same end result. So we are recreating and reimagining what the workforce of nursing actually looks like to not just survive, but to thrive. So that is a never ending challenge right there. I would also say as a challenge for me in being a change leader and a change disruptor is very difficult for me to not see progress come quicker. And so I'm always wanting to beat my own record in terms of being able to deliver on the health delivery outcomes that ultimately I wanna achieve. So I'm not gonna be satisfied until we eradicate healthcare disparities. And that's getting to a zero level of imbalance. That's a pretty tough bar to cross. But with that being said, is a challenge that I'm up for. And I look forward to every single day that I get to partner and do the work that I'm passionate to do around that space.
0: You're clearly motivated and energized by the mission, and I think that's very admirable. One of the other things that I thought was really interesting just about your background in general is that you've kind of been there and done that, right? So you've been a nurse, right? Just like you mentioned, every woman in your family has been. How has that, I guess, shaped your experience more as a leader to a hospital system now?
1: I see it as the major value add. So I think of being a nurse is I always have a seat at the table and I always have a relevance in a conversation that's being had. So being a nurse by background, all I have to do is open up with that and it automatically opens the door and it welcomes me in and I'm automatically in the end club. Yeah. I don't have to work hard at that. And it adds a, a certain level of credibility that is unlike any other. So all the other skills that I've built over the years I usually have to qualify that with something or say, you know, this is what this is all about. Everyone knows what a nurse is and just your literacy level and the way nurses think. Okay. For me, the critical thinking skills and my problem solving skills and my change management skills, my listening skills, my articulation skills all came from nursing. That foundation that was set. I actually tease out conversations and I actually tease out my audience And I think like a nurse, and that prepares me and qualifies me for being a a much better leader. So I'm much more compassionate. I have much more empathy because I always put myself in another person's shoes. I always think ethically. I'm always thinking responsibly. So for me, nursing has been that baseline foundation. I don't think that you can replace that particular skill set because some of that is innate and is shaped over time as you really build up your competency as being a nurse. But the rest is all just the relevance of where nursing fits in the conversation. But I can certainly say that being a nurse by training has made me a much better leader. Being a nurse by training has made me a much better listener and colleague and associate and collaborator. So you have that team spirit naturally by being a nurse. And also being a nurse by training made me the most exceptional consultant. In a lot of respects, when you get onboarded as a consultant, you're either sinking or swimming. The skill set that you prepared for in being a nurse prepares you to survive. You're automatically going to make it to shore just because you've gone through that necessary preparation to be a survivor in the space.
0: And you've also been a management consultant for PWC. What have you taken from those experiences that has kind of helped you be so successful in the role you're in now?
1: I always describe my experience as being a big four consultant. I always qualify with big four, too, because there's a difference in the consulting world in terms of where you ultimately play. But just like I described my experience from being a nurse, equate the the same depth and breadth As being a consultant. Now, consulting accelerated my career. So it was like functioning in a normal environment at a normal rhythm, okay? So I I once was playing in that category. Becoming a big four consultant to me is like functioning in dog years. So every year of consulting equates to quadruple fold, that in the normal type of environment. So as I translate my, and take a retrospective look on my consulting career, I've touched in because my lane was healthcare, but I got an opportunity to expand my footprint and become comfortable in environments where I wasn't necessarily conditioned and suited, but I got comfortable real fast. So I touched over 120 different healthcare organizations. And in that time, I also touched many organizations, many Fortune 100s, Fortune 500s, So I have that depth and range, which is why I chose, instead of continuing my trajectory in terms of my educational background, on the nursing clinical side, I felt I had enough. I wanted to become more astute on the business side so I can be able to speak fluent languages across many business sectors. And my consulting experience prepared me for that. So I equate it to the sink or swim philosophy. When you first come into Big Four Consulting, you can't expect an onboarding experience comparable to being a nurse where you get that breath of time where you can play it safe and you have that experience. No, everything you do is learned by doing. And you literally have to build that plane and fly it at the same time and expect to know how to pilot that plane. So that's what it is. And for me, it built up my leadership muscle. It built up my ability to be nimble. It built up my ability to be able to talk myself or walk myself out of any situation. And it's prepared me for every single one of my leadership roles that I've earned after being a Big Four consultant. So I walked out of consulting into a self-made or a newly created vice president role where I was the youngest vice president in a health system of 20,000 individuals. And I was able to survive in that, in all of my roles that were self-created after that from a non-traditional path, because I was prepared in doing so, in being a consultant in that capacity where I went against the grain of a traditional Monday through Thursday type of consultancy. I would be in four different client sites in a week. So that range and depth and strategic muscle that I was able to build is unlike any other preparation that I've had in my career.
0: And what advice would you give to someone who's maybe a listener and is in consulting and maybe they're still in consulting or they've gone on to some kind of role in healthcare, but have aspirations of a career similar to yours in terms of kind of leading a hospital system from an operating and financial kind of uh, point of view? What advice would you have for them?
1: So number one, don't be afraid to lean in and jump and take calculated risks. That's the first thing. Don't be afraid to fail because you will. You will, and you will learn from every single one of those pitfalls, you will. But you have to find yourself a safe environment to flail a little bit and to get creative and dust off your own knees. I would also say that just because it's a non-traditional path doesn't mean you don't take it, okay? So in my own career, I started out as a nurse and I continued to have one foot in that door. I chose to sharpen that. And when the opportunity came before me where I was voluntold or volunteered. (laughs) I like that, voluntold. (laughs) However it happened, right, for me to take on a complete space that I've never heard of before didn't mean I didn't jump first with eyes wide open and take on that calculated risk. So don't be afraid to do that. And don't be afraid to not step in someone else's shoes. Because for me, what helped to shape my career and actually accelerate my career is I was willing to be the first in my position. And pretty much in my early part of my executive leadership experience when I transitioned from consulting, I was willing to be that first in place. I was willing to be the only in place. I was willing to Take on challenges that I didn't necessarily have the full expertise in, but I was willing to use myself as an example to prove the example that with a little faith and a little ambition, a little push, you can accomplish anything. So that actually built up my muscle and a lot of skills and a lot of experiences that I otherwise would not have been afforded because I was a little bit too threatened or a little bit too timid or too shy to to really take that on another piece of advice i would say is start to get comfortable being uncomfortable the more you season yourself to being in uncomfortable situations you'll build up that agility to really navigate yourself out of those experiences and that makes the best consultants i would say of my 120 healthcare organizations i was in we proved the concept every step of the way. So it wasn't like it was a proven body of work that we can just translate into the next consulting engagement. No, in a lot of ways, you you are building that plane and flying at the same time, and then you're selling it as a proprietary on the back end. So for me, I use my consulting skills and I use my nursing skills in every single role. So what afforded me the ability to be the leader in a dual capacity for the largest private safety net health system in the state of Illinois is that skill set that I afforded because I know full well that I can lead this multifaceted turnaround and I'm using every bit of experience every moment of experience even those times where I scuffed my knees
0: you mentioned taking risks. Do you feel like that is because you're so focused on the mission? Like what has like enabled you to, I guess, be comfortable with those risks is what I'm curious
1: about. Well, so number one, I think you have to weigh those risks out. So in your mind, but you can't take a long time to land with your final equation. So you're going to have to go through those pros and cons in your mind. So you're gonna have to weigh out and calculate what those risks are. So what is the risk of not taking that leap?
0: Mm, I like that.
1: What's the risk of taking the leap? And balance that out. And if you end up on the wrong side of that equation, that was a calculated risk. So you knew eyes wide open what that was gonna afford. But at the end of the day, you still get cool points for leaning in and jumping in. Now, I wouldn't take risks that are dangerous. That would be a detriment to yourself, a detriment to the organization, a detriment to the community. I will play those things differently, but I would say be careful in being too risk averse and editing too much, because at the end of the day, if you don't try something, you don't know what the end result is going to be. And I can guarantee you we have not gotten to this level of positive disruption with people who stalled on that. So we need more change disruptors. We need more people to really help to embrace that change along their respective paradigms.
0: I like that framework. Very good. And I guess one of the other things that I'd be curious to hear about, just because we're a bunch of former consultant nerds, I'm sure you've read a lot of books, but we're always curious about if there is any books that have kind of had a big influence on your life and would you share them with our listeners?
1: Sure. There's one that really stands out that I often reference because I'm always looking for a way for myself because I'm the person I compete with. I'm not looking at any other perspective, but one of the books that really is near and dear to me that helps me to challenge myself is What Got You Here Won't Get You There by Marshall Goldsmith. Okay. So for me, this particular book is all about challenging yourself. It's all about stripping down whatever those obstacles, whatever those negatives are, it really talks about leaning in and taking those calculated risks. It talks about not getting too comfortable, being uncomfortable or comfortable, right? So you can't stay still because the world will pass you by. And certainly you're not gonna be able to take yourself to that next height in what your personal or professional journey is. So this is one I often resort back to is like my Bible of motivation when I'm just looking for that breath fresh of air.
0: Excellent. We'll certainly add that to our library. Erica, it's been truly a pleasure having you on and also just kind of hearing the conviction and your voice around what you're doing. I think that in itself is a big kind of takeaway, at least, that I'm having. There's an article, I think it's an HBR article, about managing your energy, not your time. And I think when you're a very mission-driven person, and that's aligned with your career, how we spend a majority of our day, right?, it makes the time fly by as opposed to kind of watching the clock. And I think that's something I've taken away from today.
1: Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you so much. And I feed off of energy. So I have to get <laughs> it from somewhere.
0: <laughs> well, thanks. Very good. And for those of our listeners that are interested in kind of learning either more about Mount Sinai or yourself, Erica, where should they go?
1: So we're Sinai Chicago. So SinaiChicago.org is our website and it has a list of our leaders on that particular website i'm also very much reachable through linkedin if you want to look me up dr erica steed and my first name is spelled a-i-r-i-c-a and last name as it sounds s-t-e-e-d
0: Excellent. And if anyone knows any nurses, obviously send them Erica's way as well. For those of you listening for the first time today, make sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon so you're notified of future episodes. And if you're looking for transcripts of past episodes, you can always go to beyondconsulting.info. And then lastly, if you want to get in touch with me or anybody else at ECA, the web address is going to be www.eca-partners.com. Each week, I get to talk to amazing leaders like Erica that started their career in consulting and have gone on to do more amazing things. Until next time, we will see you next week.